Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. No, you do not have to compromise your artistic vision when making your podcast audio accessible. I've got some tips from professional engineers to show you just how to do it. Hello and welcome to another podcast pontifications with me, Evo Terra. Today, we'll wrap up this mini-series on making accessible audio for those of us with hearing loss. And I think you're going to like it. I've been teasing all week about things to do. But today, finally, I'm going to give you the steps. The steps to make the next time you're sitting down behind your audio editing platform exactly what you should do and in what order. And I'm not kidding. I'm going to do that. One little tiny caveat. Well, two, two tiny caveats. One, this doesn't come out of my head. I enlisted the help of four really smart audio engineers that I know. Mr. Marcus DePaula, Mr. Tom Kelly, Josh Wade, and Chris Curran. I'll put links to all these guys in the episode details, so click on through. So this is not just me. I actually had this vetted by people who edit audio, engineer audio professionally. These guys helped me make the right kind of steps. That's caveat number one. Caveat number two is every DAW is different. So the plugins I use may not be the plugins you use. The things your tools are called might be different than the tools that I'm going to talk about are called. So I'm going to talk about these in concepts, but five very distinct steps. And then let you do a little exploring on your own. So here's how to do it. Here's how to make accessible audio out of your podcast episode files. Ready for this? All right. Step number one. And by the way, I'm talking about vocal tracks here with this. Step number one, clean up the noise. That's the first thing you've got to do. When you bring in these audio tracks that are typically vocals, you need to clean them up first. That probably means noise removal. Hopefully you've got a good noise removal tool as I do with Hindenburg Journalist Pro. It might mean some other sort of filterings. I have a wonderful filter from Isotope that is called the Voice Denoise plugin, which is great. It does a fantastic job of scrubbing out a lot of the junk that's in there. So step one is clean up the noise of the track because there's no reason to process noises. Get rid of as much noise as you possibly can, number one. Number two, very important that you control the dynamic range. Second step, control the dynamic range. Dynamic range means really, really, really loud parts and then really, really, really soft parts. Of course, that's not going to come through because I'm controlling the dynamics, but you understand. It's the difference between loud parts and quiet parts. And you want to try and get some control over that. 
Now, you can control that a couple different ways. One is you can actually go in with your little volume tool, your little normalizer tool. You can do whatever and go in word by word and lift and or lower those so that you remove as much of those ranges as possible. By the way, uh, quietness can be communicated in different ways other than actually real quiet audio. It can. So control your dynamics. Uh, I use a plugin that's called the Vocal Writer from Waves. It's amazing. It's just as if I was in the studio talking and somebody was in the control room writing a fader up and down, making sure that my voice or my actor's voices or whomever his voices on there are nice and even all the time. Control the dynamics. Step three, once you've got a clean track and a track that doesn't have a huge swinging dynamic range, you can now equalize, add a little EQ. This is basically sweeten the sound. If someone's really bassy, you can adjust that. If there's way too much sibilance, you can adjust that. If you just need to go into your EQ bands and tweak things, now's a great time. You've got a clean channel with a relatively even dynamic range. Now's the time to add EQ. Great. Step number four. After you've got a clean channel with dynamics in a relatively easy range that's nice and EQ'd so the voices sound good, then you compress. Here's a trick about compression that you need to understand. It's not only a trick. It's what compression does. And I thought about this this morning as I was in making coffee with my arrow press, where I literally press down on the coffee, as you might with a French press, press down. That's adding compression. You know what compression never does? Compression never releases. There's a myth out there that compression will actually make quiet, port, quiet parts louder. It won't. Compression just basically squeezes down the track. You might think it's the same as in controlling dynamics. It's not. Very different process. But compression is good. Can you overcompress? Probably. But I wouldn't worry about that. Right now, there's way too many under-compressed audio tracks out there. Add a little compression, depending on what your plugins might be. You've got a tube compressor. If you want to add some warmth and niceness to it, great. But just add your compression as your fourth step. And then five, the last step. Once you've done that, once you have a clean track, no noise or noise eliminated, once you've controlled the dynamics, once you've EQ'd each track so that it sounds nice and lovely with a, with a good tone, and you've compressed that track, then finally, you're going to do that with all your vocal tracks, whether it's just you, you and your guest, a voiceover track plus you plus your guest, whatever. Do those four steps to every single one of your tracks. Add in your music. Add in your effects as separate tracks. You can do any adjustment if you need to those. Then finally, step five, mix and master it all down so that it all sounds good together. Make sure you're listening along as it's playing. Make any adjustments, especially if you're using plugins to do one-click wonders on things, which I'm a big fan of. Make sure it works. Make sure it sounds good. And then finally, step five, after you've mastered and mixed it all together, export it at minus 16 LUFs. And if the tool that you are using does not export at minus 16 LUFs, get another tool. There are some options. You can go to Auphonic and a few others that will let you export it at minus 16, but seriously, get another tool. That's it. Clean the noise, control the dynamics, EQ, compress, master, and export. 
done deal. Now you have audio that is accessible so that people like me and a lot of other people out there who have hearing loss, some mild, some moderate, some severe, if it's correctable, we can probably still hear all of the content, all those dialogue bits, all those little asides that are so key to the story you're trying to tell. We can not only hear them in a quiet environment, but we'll be able to hear them when we're in the car, when we're on the bus, or any other noisy environment that you take for granted, we'll be able to listen to it. And best of all, not one of these steps up there compromises your artistic ability. Not a one. You will still convey the same message the same way. You're just assembling this audio in a way that everybody, even those of us with hearing loss, can enjoy the content. Easy. Well, straightforward. It's a process, but it's one you need to learn. I guess if there's a step six, it should be listened <laughs> once it's actually kicked back down in an MP3 file. But yeah. Once again, special thanks to Marcus DePaula, Tom Kelly, Josh Wade, and Chris Curran for giving me their thoughts on how this whole thing works. I appreciate you guys. Again, links in the episode details. And two things before I go. One, buy me a coffee slash Evoterra. If you enjoyed these tips, this miniseries, more miniseries are coming and you can show your appreciation to me at buymeacoffee.com slash Evoterra. Second thing is that Flick group at is working. People are talking to me. We're talking about next week's episodes. We're talking about this week's miniseries. Check out the episode details for a link to the new Flick group app that I am part of. And that's it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend because I don't do an episode on Fridays. And I shall be back on Monday with a brand new miniseries on podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, Access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, 
abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, plancpills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.